know, uh, something that was pretty cool is this week, you know, was Valentine's Day on the 13th. I was at the mall, and, uh, and there, was, uh, there was Bobby, and, and I saw him, and he had a package in his hand. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm, I'm buying a Valentine's uh, gift for, uh, for Ashley. And I said, oh, that's so sweet. He said, what did you get her? He said, well, she's always wanted something with diamonds. I'm thinking, whoa, that's great. So what did you end up getting her? He said, a deck of cards. Sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> We've been in a study on, uh, on the, the brain and the, the mind and how, uh, how really where our mind goes, so our, our, our life goes. That's clear from, from Scripture. And when you think about it, freedom really begins in the mind, doesn't it? I'll give you an example of that is uh, the children of Israel, they were set free physically. And they were set free from the bondage of a captivity in, in Egypt. That's the good news. They were free physically, but, but man, they still thought like slaves. In their mind, their mentality, their way of thinking was, was still, they were still in bondage to, to slavery. And we'll, we'll show you an example of that is, is here's, here God brings them out of slavery. He brings them through these incredible, you know, the, the plagues and everything and, and provides for them in the wilderness and takes care of them and does all these things. And then they, their mind gets so twisted, their thinking gets so twisted. Satan is so good at what he does to twist our minds that these people who had seen God do all those things actually believed that God had taken them out in the wilderness in order to, to kill them because there weren't enough... Sl- enough graves in Egypt. That's how twisted our mind can be. And because of their twisted mind, they ended up doing laps in the wilderness for 40 years, not because God wanted them to be doing that, but because they, uh, they, they're stinking thinking. And I wonder how many times do we get caught doing laps in life and maybe being kept away from our promised land simply because our thought process is so twisted because we're thinking the, 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 wrong, the wrong things. And I thought, you know, a, a friend of mine in, in the church, he, he came up to me one time and he just said, uh, just a, a couple weeks ago, and he said, you know, I, I'm just angry. I just find myself being angry all the time. And I said, well, what kind of thoughts are you thinking? Are you thinking angry thoughts? And he goes, yeah, I think angry thoughts. Well, I'm going, you know, pl- two plus two. If we're thinking, here's the thing, it, we cannot be a positive person if we're having negative thoughts. We can't be a happy person if we're having sad thoughts. We can't have whatever it is. If you want to have, a, you know, if you want to be a joyful person, whatever it is, uh, you need to be thinking joyful thoughts. Whatever we want in life, we need to be thinking in that way in order to, to, to have that happen. And, and again, you know, there was a, a time that, uh, that we were... We were here when we were building the new, the, the next gen building. Okay, so we're there, and I'm there with, with Craig Looper, who's a wonderful guy, he's a missionary now, and he was our, uh, he was our executive pastor at the time, and he was showing me around just some of the things that they're doing. And at that point, they, we did not have any drywall up. All there was was some, some metal studs. In other words, there were no barriers, okay? But I noticed that instead of just walking through the walls, which you can do, he's walking all the way around and just only using the doors. And so, so uh, even at, at one time, we're on the catwalk up above the, the, big, the big open space in the next-gen building, and he said, we've got to go all the way back this way. And I'm like, dude, there are no walls. Can you understand that there are no barriers? Look, I can do this, right? And he's seeing barriers where there were no barriers, and how many times do we do that? 
How many times do we have barriers in, in life, not because they're truly our barriers, but because the barriers are really between our ears. We're seeing barriers where there are no barriers. And we think things like this, I could never do that. Oh, man, I could never do that. I could never be that. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not, I, I, I'm not popular enough. I'm not whatever. And we go and think we can't do something. We could never accomplish that. God could never use us in that way because we see these barriers where there actually are no, no barriers. And the, the Bible makes it clear that as we think, so we, so we are. That's straight from the, the, the Word of God. But here's another. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 33, Jesus uh, says something that's pretty obvious. I mean, no one in here is going to go, whoa, you're kidding me. I would never saw that before, never thought of that. But it's also really, if we get this, it's really, really important for victory in our life. And here it is. A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, you know what's going to happen? The fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. Again, no one's going, that's so weird. I've never thought of that. But how many of us know that he's not talking about horticulture here? He's talking about our, our lives. If we, have, if we have good thoughts it's going to produce good fruit in our life. If we have bad thoughts, it's going to produce bad thoughts in our, in our life. And, and you think about this. Think about a mean person you've ever known or, you know, just an angry person. Don't look at them now. Okay, don't look at them now. But just think of that person and think, what kind of thoughts do they think? What kind of thoughts? But if you see a happy person, what kind of thoughts are they going to be thinking? What thoughts are they thinking to make them that way? If you see a positive person, what kind of thoughts are they thinking? If you see a negative person, what kind of thoughts? If you see a perverted person, what kind of thoughts are, are, they, are they thinking? If you see a forgiving person, if you see a discontented person, what kind of thoughts are they thinking? If you see a contented person, what type of thoughts are they thinking? We become what our, uh, what our, our thoughts are. And, and, and so uh, another thing is we talked about last uh, last week or the last couple of weeks, we talked about do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. And we talked about what does it mean to conform. And we, we saw that it's like, a, uh, it's like a chameleon. Chameleons conform to whatever is around them. They, they take on what, their, what the world around them looks like. And, and we saw that we can do that, that the world wants to squeeze us into its mold and so that we start thinking and acting like, the, like the, the world. But the Bible also says that we can be transformed. And we took a look at that. A great example that God gives us in nature is a caterpillar to a butterfly. It's still the same creature, so to speak, but it is completely different, different creature. And then we, we took a look at, uh, at also a, a TV show said how to, how to do that and how do we renew, I mean, how do we become transformed through the renewing of our mind? What does it mean to renew? It's like those, those TV shows where they take an old dilapidated house and, and maybe even a dangerous house and turn it into something beautiful. They've done two things. They have taken out the bad and they've put in the good. That's how the thing is transformed. We also took a look at, at even a picture of Barney Fife and said that we need to nip things in the bud, that there's strongholds in the Bible, uh, strongholds in our heart that the Bible talks about and in our mind and that we need to get rid of those. We need to go after those things. We're going to take a look at a few others today of some very practical, this is going to be really practical, ways to renew our mind. 
And one of the first ones is that, is to head it off at the pass. This is the John, think John Wayne, right? My dad used to love Westerns, and I'd go in there, and it seemed like at some point during every Western of those old Westerns, somebody would have to say, you know, let's head them off at the pass, right? They'd say, they'd say this, and what that meant is let's nail them, let's get to them before they get to town, because if we get them before they get to town, they'll never get to town, and they'll never mess up everything when they, when they, when they get there. And so... Um, and the Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, it says, as a person thinks in their heart, so they, they are. And what the word there in the, in the Hebrew, a lot of times Hebrew has a word picture, right? It has a word picture, and the word picture there is, as a person acts as a gatekeeper, so they are. Uh, as they, a gatekeeper to our heart, a gatekeeper to our, our mind. Now think about that. What was a gatekeeper in those days? A gatekeeper was somebody who, who would, would, would be at the gate and they would either lo- make sure the gate stayed lower or they would open the gate. They would keep bad people out, bad things out, bad situations out in order to ever, so they never even got in the, in the city. An example of that maybe in today that we can understand, you don't have a lot of gatekeepers, but we have things like security at the, uh, at the, at the airport and things. Uh, I remember one time coming in from, from Mozambique on a mission trip, and I was there with a, uh, with a friend. We had been out in the bush, and I mean out in the bush, and, and so he had a survival knight, a knife, but the one problem that he did is he forgot to pack that in his, in his regular suitcase, and he tried to carry that on, to, and so that was a, a big, big no-no, so already we're kind of ostracized over to the side there, and then also they found out we came from Mozambique, so they, they took our shoes. And we were, they were gone for like a half hour. I don't know what they did to those shoes, but when they came back, they were soaked. I don't mean, I mean, <laughs> that kind of soaked. They were absolutely, so here's the thing what they did is they saw, they did not want anything, any threat to come into to our country. And they were sent, doing everything they could to say, you, this thing, this knife cannot enter on, on the airplane and these shoes cannot enter into there because they've been in some places that could maybe hurt and destroy the crops of the United States or the cattle of the United States. That's what we need to understand that that's the picture that God has, that we were to act as a gatekeeper in anything that could come in and be destructive in our thoughts to ourselves, to our family, to our, to our church, whatever it is, we need to nip those things in the bud. We need to keep those things from ever landing in the, uh, in the first place. And there's, there's one thing that, that we need to be clear of. There's many things in life that we have no choice in, Right? And there's, thing, there's things in life you, ne- you did not have a choice in in any way, shape, or form. You did not choose who your parents were. You did not choose where you were born. You did not choose your, your siblings. You did not choose the weather this morning. You did not choose how many stars there were in the sky. You did not choose how much salt there is in the ocean. You had no choice in that. But here's the good news. The, very, the things that are most important in life, you have every choice in you have choice on whether you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You have total choice in, in that. You have total choice on whether your sins are forgiven. You have total choice also in what you think about. Now, imagine that your life is like a, your, your, your brain, your thoughts, uh, is like a, an airport. And there's going to be thoughts that want to land all the time. There's always thoughts. There's from so many different sources. There's thoughts just from the world. The, the world wants to land its thoughts into your brain. They want to do that and squeeze you into its, its mold. We took a look at that. But also Satan wants to, 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 to put some thoughts in your mind as well. Every day we, we can understand. There's some thoughts that are there that are trying to be destructive in our, in our thoughts. God wants to put thoughts in our life. He wants to land some of those planes. Some thoughts are just thoughts of, hey, I 
I like that dress. Hey, I think this team's great. Hey, it's just, it's just a, a thought, not bad, good, or in, in, indifferent. It's just a thought. But here's the thing. You have total choice on what plane lands in your brain, in your thoughts. Total choice. You are the air traffic controller of your thoughts, and you can absolutely control on what things are able to land. They all want to land, but you are the one who controls whether they land and whether they unload their cargo or not. And make no mistake that Satan wants to land his plane to unload the cargo of things that kill, steal, and destroy. Things that are discouraging, things that are depressing, things that are evil, things that are wicked, things that whatever it is, he wants to unload that cargo to kill and destroy things in, in our life. So what do we do about it? Every single one of us, we know what this is. We've all, all, all dealt with this. It's a remote control. And, and think of this, is when you've watched something on TV, there's things that all of a sudden will appear on there that you don't like, that you don't care about, that's wrong, that's whatever it is, and it'll appear. And there's nobody in here in today's society that goes, wow, I can't believe it. I, I'm, I'm helpless. There's nothing I can do about this. Here's this thing on the TV, and there's nothing I can do about it. Of course we can do something. We can change the channel, right? We all have a remote control in there that can change the channel and go, don't like that, boom, it's gone, it's out of here. And the same thing, we're going to have thoughts in our life. Thoughts are going to come, and we can't help the thoughts that happen. We can't help the thoughts that come into our mind, that just come in, come in there. There's going to be sometimes, there's going to be some angry thoughts that come into our mind. Somebody pulls right in front of you, and I'm going to cut you off, almost wipes you out on, as, you're, as you're driving, and, uh, and you know, an, an angry thought will appear. You're either, you know, wishing you had photon torpedoes in your car, could take them out, or you, you know, you, you want to show them that they are number one, Right? I mean, there's, you, there's that angry thought, and it's going to come. But what do you do with it? Do you keep that? Do you, do you chew on it? Do you, do, you let that, do you let that land, or do you turn the channel? Do you let that not go? Another, maybe an anxious thought comes in your mind, and, you're just, and something happens, and you're scared. You're nervous. You're worried. Something in there. And again, it's going to come. There's going to be anxious thoughts that come into our mind. That's part of life. But that doesn't mean we have to chew on it. That doesn't mean that we, we let that plane land. That doesn't mean we have to watch that, that channel. It can go on. It can be a negative thought. It can be a critical thought. It can be a perverted thought. It can be whatever. And they're going to come in. We may see something and, man, and our mind goes wild. But it doesn't mean that we have to let that land. We have a channel changer in our mind. We don't have to let the plane, the plane land in any way, shape, or form. And it's like Martin Luther said. He said, hey, we can't help it that, that birds are flying over our head, but we can sure help it whether we allow them to build a nest in our hair, Right? And so the first thing is we need to head things off at the past. The next thing is, is we need to get heaven's perspective on things. And here's the background for this story. There's, Jesus has just told his disciples that he's going to go to Jerusalem and the chief priests, the elders, are going to kill the Son of Man. That's going to kill him. And can you imagine hearing that? And he's, he's point blank. This is what's going to happen to, to him. And, and Peter, bless his heart, I love Peter. Uh, I mean, he always has good motives, it seems like, but he's just always shooting off on his mouth. They're doing the wrong thing, saying the wrong thing. And the first thing he does, imagine this, is confronts Jesus and rebukes Jesus. You're going to be wrong if you ever confront and rebuke Jesus, right? And so he goes in there and he says, this will never happen to you, Lord. And Jesus looked at him and rebuked him and said this. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. Whoa. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not, don't miss this. This Watch where the problem lie. Uh, laid. He said, do not, you do not have a mind for the things of God, for the things, uh, but for the things of men. And think of this. He's, he's saying that 
you're thinking of it from the wrong perspective. You're seeing this all, everything you're thinking is from an earthly perspective. What you need to do, Pete, is you need to get up and see how I'm seeing things. You need to see things from God's perspective. Because don't miss this. Don't miss this. That saint, that, that hell and heaven are both, uh, are, it's both empowered by human agreement, right? I mean, each one. So in other words, if Satan whispers in your ear and says, you're a failure, and you agree with that, you buy that lie, what you're really doing is saying, come here, let's land. yeah, I am a failure, so let's land on my highway, I mean, on my, on my airport, let's land there and unload anything you want to, to make me feel horrible, to, to discourage me about life, because I've just swallowed the lie that I, am a, that I am a failure, come in and unload your cargo in my life. But if, on the other hand, we agree with God about what He says, we say, you know what, I'm not believing that lie. I'm going to believe what God says about me, that I am fearfully and wonderfully made, that I'm a child of God, that I'm an heir of God and a, uh, and a co-heir with, with Christ. That's what God says about me. God loves me enough to die for me and create me, and that's what I'm going to believe. Then what we've done is we've allowed God. We've said, God, you land on this runway, and I want you to unload your things on, in, into my, my life, your blessing, your encouragement, your hope, your power, all that. And whatever we do. And that's why, think of this, that is why it is so, so important about what we're talking about here. That's why there's such a battle going on for your thoughts, is because heaven and hell knows whatever controls your thoughts is going to control you. So we really need to be thinking about what we're, what we're thinking about. And, and last week we, talked a look, we looked at what repent, the word repent means. And it's a, it's a, a compound word and it's metanuo in the Greek. And meto means, uh, means change. And nuo means thoughts. It literally means to change your thoughts. In other words, what you're doing is right now, God, I am thinking this way. I have allowed myself to believe this is right or this is good or things. And God, I'm changing my mind right now and, and I'm looking at things the way you look at things. I'm saying, saying this is the right way, not this anymore. I'm changing my mind about it. But let's look at what that word means in the, in the English language too. You have repent, and re means to do something again, like return, repeat. Those are to do things uh, uh, again. But the word pen at the end, that's also to, to look at things to be at the highest level. That's why it's the penthouse is the highest level on an apartment or a, or, a, or a building. So it's literally saying that we are to go back and start looking at things from a different elevation, that we start to look things from a different perspective, that we start seeing things not from, from Earth's perspective, from God's perspective. And can you imagine, can you imagine if we started doing that? Can you imagine if we started looking at, at our life and our situation and our problems and our difficulties, not from the things on this earth, but from God's perspective, that he goes, you know what? I'm already in your future. I'm already taking care of it. I'm working all things out together for good because you love me and are called according to your purpose. That's seeing things from God's perspective than from our perspective. Can you imagine if we started seeing our, our wife, our children, our, uh, our parents, our, you know, our friends, our whatever, our, 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 our community, our world, our people around us, that we started seeing that from God's perspective instead of from heaven and from earth's perspective. Can you imagine that, the, the difference it would make in our life? And can you imagine this? Can you imagine if we started doing that and started seeing from God's perspective that, that I don't know if you've ever been in an airplane where you couldn't land the plane because there were so many things on the, uh, on, the, on the tarmac. Or maybe like in Colorado where I grew up, a lot of times we're circling because they're getting rid of the snow on there. There's not a place to land. And, and think of this. If we, well, I'll get to that in a second. If we started thinking things from a positive point of view, from a positive way, Satan's not going to have enough room to land. 
There's not going to be enough space for him to land that plane if all we're doing is thinking positive things and thinking things from, from God's per perspective. So the third thing is we need to uh, head things off at the past. We need to get heaven's perspective. We need to replace the bad with the, with the good. And he says this in Philippians 4.8, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is, uh, is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. And notice it's not saying that. No, uh, notice it's not saying there's anything bad, I mean, to the bad things that you're not supposed to think of. Everything in here is saying, these are the things you should be thinking about. These are the things we should be filling our mind with. And can you imagine the difference in our life if we were filling our mind with these things? Things that are noble, things that are pure, things that are excellent, things that are praiseworthy, things that are lovely. If we are fixing our minds so much on that, can you imagine the difference that would make in our life? The positive outlook we have on life, the positive spin we put on, every, on everything, even the struggles in our life. And again, I'm saying, if we have our, our minds so full of these things that we're talking about right here, Satan's not going to have very much space to land with his lies and his deception. Now, let's look at this in a really practical way and see this, how this happens in, in everyday life. Now, imagine that just suddenly sudden something happens in and you have a jealous thought comes in your mind. Something happens and you're just going, man... You know, yeah, their life is so good. I just wish I, wish I had their looks. I wish I had their athletic ability. I wish I had their personality. I wish they had their sense of humor. I wish they had, had, their, had their job. I wish I had their house. I wish I had their car. I wish I had their life. You know, that just seems so good. And we have that thought that comes to our mind. Again, we can't help a thought that comes to our mind. But what are you going to do with that thought? Now, imagine if instead of just grabbing that and we start, what happens if you grab that thought? You start going down the thing of, of, of ingratitude and you're just upset at everything. Instead of being thankful for what you have, you're being upset for some of the things that somebody else has. And you're miserable, it makes you miserable, it makes you depressed, it makes you discouraged, it does all that. But instead of letting it in there, if we, if we headed it off at the past and said, you're not going to come in. You're not going to come in here. I'm changing the channel right now. I am not going down that. I'm going to stop that from getting into my heart. I'm not letting that plane of, of jealousy land. And instead, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to intentionally take the time to replace that with something good. I'm going to right now, I'm going to thank God for all the incredible things that God, you've given me right now in my life. I'm going to thank God for all of the blessings. And we take time to do that. Now watch, now all of a sudden we're grateful people. We're people that are, that, are, that are happy and excited instead of depressed over here. Which one, and that's all by saying either not letting something in and, and replacing it with something, with something good. Maybe you, maybe you have an unforgiving thought that comes in. Somebody hurts you and, and all of a sudden that person comes back to you, that mind comes back to you and you're upset, you know, and it makes you, and again, where does that take you? It takes you down bad places, doesn't it? Every time we are unforgiving, uh, that, that there's just this poison that comes into our heart, a poison that comes into, into our life. It doesn't hurt the other person. It just, it just destroys us. It's like swallowing glass and expecting the other person to get, you know, to get hurt about it. And so that's what we do. So that's, uh, that's, you know, the negative thing. But imagine if instead of going down that way, we said, no, you're not landing the plane. I'm changing the channel from that. I'm not going down that, that path of unforgiveness. Instead, you know what I'm going to do right now? I'm going to choose either for the first time and I'm going to re-choose to forgive that person. I'm going to take time right now to forgive that person. And you know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to go a step further and I'm going to pray for that person that hurt me. I'm going to pray for that because that's what Jesus tells me to do. That's what he's done for me. And so, another, again, now there's freedom over here. There's joy over here. We're doing the right thing. We've blessed the heart of God. We've gone a completely different thing. Now, imagine if you have an anxious thought. 
An anxious thought comes in, and, and again, something happens. It's normal part of life, and you're anxious. You're scared about something. You're worried about something. And what, again, what can we do? We can immediately say, you're not coming in. I'm turning the channel. I'm not letting that plane land. But instead, now we start proclaiming who God is in our heart. And go, God, you know what? You are Jehovah Jireh. You're the one who provides. You are God. You are faithful. You're true. You are, you are, uh, you are, are, are good to me. You are, you are a wonderful God. You're powerful. You're everything. And God, here's what I say too. I know that you say that no weapon formed against me will prosper. You say that you're going to work all things together for good because I love you and call it according to your purpose. And now suddenly, now our faith is being built up and suddenly we're, our focus is on God rather than on the problem and that changes everything. And while I was writing this, I'm God in his sense of humor always has me, you know, has something like this happen. And so I'm writing this message, writing about this very thing. And all of a sudden, somebody walks in, a lady walks in. I'm in a public place writing this. And she sits right next to me, and she has a cough. And I don't mean a cough like, <clears throat> I mean fur balls are coming up. You know what I'm talking about. Things are, and she doesn't even try to put her hand over her mouth. I mean, just, you know, everywhere. And I will have to admit, I'm, I, I'm, my first thought was not happy, okay? I was not rejoicing at this moment. I was not happy at this. I was not happy with this person. And, and so, again, I had to immediately... And here's something that I've noticed as we've gone through this, this series. I'm not there yet, but, man, it is really good. I'm so much more aware of thoughts that they come in. I'm so much more aware of, oh, you know what? That's a negative thought. Oh, you know what? That's not, that's not a productive thought. And so immediately saying, you know, God, I'm, that's not a good thought. I'm not letting that plane land. Now, I did, you know, very nicely and everything without them noticing, get and move to another place. But I thought of this. I thought, okay, God, how can I change that to something good? Now, probably all of you are already way ahead of me of what, what, they're, what I could do for that. And finally, it occurred to me, you know what? I can pray for her healing, Right? I mean, she's obviously sick. She's obviously hurting here. So instead of me frustrated, you know, I can be praying for her. And what a difference that made. Instead of me angry with that person, I'm having compassion and care for this, for this person. That is what can happen when we have a transformation of our heart and, we, and we're, we're aware of, of capturing our thoughts and then replacing it with something good. And here's a, a story of a young lady in our, in our church, an amazing young lady who had something negative happen to her, but using the Word of God and using what she's learned from that to turning into something positive. So a few months ago, I went on a Christian youth conference with uh, three of my friends, and before I left, I asked God, I said, I want to be just radically changed. I want to be different in how I speak. Um, I want my thoughts to be different. I want everything just to be reflection of you, God, and everything that you have in store for me. So when I came back, I was reading my word every day. I was watching online sermons, and I was doing devotions, and while my friends were keeping me accountable and everything like that. So um, there was a time... A few weeks ago, where the devil presented a problem, you know, the situation that I had come come to know with a friend, and it was somebody that I had known, and he really made it personal to me, and he knew that it would really try to shake me and and what I had been learning over the past month. So I was mad, I was angry, and I was I was hurt and. By cultural standards, everyone would have said that that was justified in what I was feeling and how I was, how I was acting in that moment. And 
you know, I I didn't know what to do, so I I knew I had I needed God's help, so I went to Zach, the youth pastor here, and I asked him for help and where I should start in the Bible. Um, he led me to Ephesians 4, and I read the entirety of 4 and 5, and it was just talking about Christian living and the way to live and maturity and unity in the body of Christ. And I was reading that, and I came to this realization that I don't have any right to hold this situation against this person. I am to forgive them, just as Christ has forgiven all of my sins, and he has already promised to forgive the sins I haven't even committed yet. And so I thought, you know, while culture would say, you know, it's fine that you don't forgive that person, and it's fine that, you know, you feel angry and you're justified in your feelings and all these things, I read the Word of God, and I know that that's, that's not how I'm supposed to react. That's not how... God would wanted me to react, so I forgave that person. And you know, um, I'm still I was still working through that situation and God has really worked it out and He has really guided me and I figured, you know, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for everything. And I want to stand for God and I want to stand for His word and the truth of everything that He has taught me um, within these past few months and what He continues to teach me in the future. Um, so that I don't fall for what everyone thinks that I should do or what I should act or how I should react to certain situations when it comes to things like this. What a great story. Notice what she did, and there's some of the things that we can do just in cr- intentionally fill our minds with things that are, that are good. And the first is to, to meditate on the, the Word of God. The word meditate in the, in the Bible is not what sometimes we think of now with somebody in a lotus position kind of emptying their mind. It's intentionally filling our mind. It's intentionally thinking about what God's saying. It's intentionally chewing on it and, and letting it get into our heart and soul and getting into our, uh, the, the depth of us. That's what it means to, to meditate. And listen to these words that, that God says from his word about meditating on his word. Blessed are those who do not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners that sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on that law they meditate day and night. They are like a, a tree planted by, by uh, streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaves do not wither, and whatever they do, they prosper. And listen to this from Joshua 1, 8, and 9. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night to be careful to do everything that's commanded in it, uh, and then you will be prosperous, and then you will be successful. I want you to hear that. I mean, this is incredible that the God who created you, the God that knows everything, he said this. He said, you want to be prosperous and successful in this world? Here's how you do it. Meditate on my word. Know the word of God. Let it go into your heart and live that out. That's how you're going to be truly successful. That's how you're going to be truly prosperous in the things that really matter in in life. And then he said this in Mark chapter 4. Jesus said this. He said, and he said to them, be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth Uh, you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who who hear. And basically he's telling us that what uh, what we will will get out of the Word of God whatever we put in there. And I want you to ask that question. Are you getting into the Word of God? Are you letting the Word of God get into you? Are you putting so much in there that Satan, that just like, just like, uh, like Kiana was, was doing, that all of a sudden when negative things were happening, she was building herself up so much with the Word of God that she was recognizing lies when they came and said, you know what, after what Jesus did for me, I can do this for, uh, for, for them. 
So another thing is not only to meditate on the Word of God, meditate also on the, the works of God. When David was depressed, listen to this beautiful thing of what he did. Look what he did. He said, I'm losing all hope. I'm paralyzed with fear. Maybe some of you are there right now. I remember, watch what he did. I remember the days of old. I ponder all your great works and think about what you have, have done for me. David's response to feelings of, of depression weren't to focus on the problem. It was to focus on God. It was to focus on all the incredible things that God had done in his life. And he intentionally chose to say, you know what, God, you've done this for me and this for me and this for me and this for me and this for me. You've helped me here. You've helped me here. You've helped me here. You've helped me here. And the way to get out of depression wasn't to focus on the problem. It was to focus on the God who's bigger than the problem and focus on what God has done in his life. And the third thing is expose yourself to positive things and positive uh, people. And that's, you know, I want to give you the kudos. Every person that's listening to me right now, that's what you've done today. You've intentionally said, you know what, I'm going to position myself, I'm going to position my kids, I'm going to position my family to hear positive things from the Word of God. And, you know, there's somebody that just a couple weeks ago, a, a lady who had just started coming to the church, and she said, uh, I, you know, one thing in this series that I've noticed is I hang around negative people, and it gets me down, and I need to start thinking about who I'm hanging around with. And maybe, again, maybe just, just what, the kind of music we're listening to and things. I don't know about you, but when I start listening to some praise music, it can, it can get my, my mind completely off the situation, the problem, and focus on, uh, focus on the, again, the God that's bigger than the problem. There's a reason that our local radio station, it says positive and encouraging and things, because that's what that music uh, is. Listen to Watch what goes in our mind. Watch what we're exposing ourselves to. Watch what we're seeing. Being careful for, for that. And if we could bow our head and close our eyes. God, I pray that you help us to head things off at the past because we know that every single day of our life that uh, this world is going to try to squeeze us into its mold and Satan is going to try to to bring his lies into us. And so God, help us to know the truth. Help us to live on that truth. Help us to be able to recognize the lies that he does. And God, we just ask that we say yes to everything you want to land in our airport, Lord God. Everything. We ask that every good thing you have for us, you own, we open up to, to you and say yes, Lord God, that comes along with that. And God, help us truly get your perspective on life. That we're no longer just, just th- thinking things of what people say, what the doctor says, what this says, what that says, what everything, but we are seeing things from your perspective. Help us right now to see our problems and our situation from your perspective. Thank you, Lord God, that there is no fear in heaven, that you're, not, that you're not biting your fingernails, even though we may be doing that. So help us to see how you were able to sleep in the boat when all the storms of life were going, going away. And Lord God, help us to replace the bad with good in our life. Help us to have thoughts that are positive, thoughts that are, that are uh, true and noble and right and lovely and excellent and admirable. So God, we ask that you help us to renew our minds, God. And we pray all this in the strong and powerful name of Jesus Christ.